0: to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with the people governed by God, as we pick up in 2 Chronicles, chapter 10, verse 1. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck.
1: Shall we turn in our Bibles to 2 Chronicles, chapter 10? The children of Israel have been brought out of Egypt by Moses. Through the leadership of Joshua, they were brought into the land that God had promised to their fathers, Abraham and Jacob. For a period of time in the land, they were ruled by judges. But there came a time When they began to demand that Samuel would anoint them or appoint them a king, as the other nations around them had kings, they also desired a king to rule over them. Now, it was God's purpose that the nation Israel be a unique, special nation in the earth, that they would be a theocracy. A people who were governed by God. And you may say, what is the highest form of human government? It would be a theocracy, where people are governed by God. But the people were no longer satisfied with a theocracy. They wanted a king that could lead them into battle. A king that they could look to that would lead the nation. And so they went from a theocracy to a monarchy as Saul was anointed first king over Israel. Now it was God's purpose that Saul as a king would be so yielded to God and would rule over the people in such a way as that he was just sort of a mediator between God and the people. In other words, he would be in tune with God in order to receive the directions and instructions from God and would so lead the nation in the ways of God. Just the intermediator or intermediary between God and the people. However, Saul became lifted up with pride And he rejected the command of God And in his rejection of God That is submitting himself totally and fully to God God rejected then him as king And the dynasty of Saul ceased with him but God raised up another king after Saul. David took him from the sheep coat, from following after the sheep, and set him on the throne over God's people. And David was a man after God's own heart, because David was after the heart of God, though he was far from perfect, though he was guilty of terrible sins. Yet because basically in his he was seeking after God and sought to do the will of God God called David a man after his own heart And God promised David that from him There would be a ruler that would come That would rule forever The eternal kingdom that actually the Messiah would come out of David. But as long as David's children would follow after the Lord, there would never cease one of the children of David sitting on the throne. Now, that was a conditional covenant that God had made with David. It was conditioned upon David's children continuing to follow after the Lord. As long as they did, there would never cease to be one of David's descendants upon the throne. However, David's descendants failed to keep the covenant of God and after Zedekiah, there were no more kings. Now there is a fanciful story that is told how that Jeremiah fled to Egypt with one of the princes and later went to England and uh, established the Druid Society and all and that from Uh, This descendant of David actually comes Queen Elizabeth and and all that they are directly descendants And so the monarchy is in England And thus England is a part of Israel And they have the British Israel kind of religion system The Anglo-Israel races and so forth Being Israel and so then they interpret All of the Bible prophecies that relate to Israel As being fulfilled by the United States, Germany Denmark, Sweden, England, and and so forth. But it's a fanciful story, and it does lack truth, not anything else. (laughs) So David, under his reign, the kingdom was blessed because David sought the Lord. And God blessed David, and God blessed the kingdom under David, And David desired to build a temple, a house for the Ark of the Covenant. For David was dwelling himself in a beautiful palace and the Ark of the Covenant was in a tent. And David was rejected by God as the builder of the temple because of the fact that he was a man of war and shed a lot of blood. But he said, I will raise up a son after you who will sit upon the throne, and he shall build the house. So David went about and prepared all of the materials, gathered the gold, the silver, the iron, the brass, the timbers, the hewn stone. And then he drew up the plans. And then he abdicated the throne to his son Solomon, giving him the plans and encouraging him to go ahead and to build this house unto God. So Solomon set himself at building and for seven years with, oh, what is in the, in, in the first chapter of Second Chronicles here, it tells us about 150,000 men who labored. They built this temple there in Jerusalem. The expenditure of Millions of dollars. It is estimated that to replace the temple today that Solomon had built would run into the billions of dollars. And it was a glorious day. The temple was completed. The day of dedication had come. And the glory of the Lord filled the temple as the cloud of God's glory descended upon it. And there Solomon in a little brass platform that he had built out in the courtyard addressed the people, telling them of the faithfulness of God, and then he knelt and prayed, recognizing that the heavens cannot contain God We haven't built this house, God, for you to live in. We've just built this house that we might offer unto these sacrifices here. Let your eye always be on this place and your ear always attentive to the prayers that are offered to you from this place. And then he could foresee down the line the tragedy of the people turning away from God and the resultant effect that it would have upon their national life the disasters that would overcome them as a nation. Natural disasters, such as pestilences, such as weird weather conditions, drought conditions, or the disasters from being turned over into the hands of their enemies, being defeated, and their men being taken hostage. And he's brought up these various conditions that may result from the people's sin, always saying, and Lord, if they turn to this place and they cry unto thee, hear thou from thy holy place in heaven, answer their prayer and deliver them. And so God answered Solomon, if my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. And so there was this great sacrifice, thousands of animals sacrificed on the Day of Dedication and this great celebration and and just that neat nation with the consciousness of God at the heart and center of the national life. How beautiful that is. When God becomes the center of the national life of the people, But this didn't last long. In fact, Solomon himself, before he died, began to worship other gods. He had disobeyed the voice of God. He had disobeyed the law of God. The law said, when you have set up kings, they're not to go down to Egypt. To purchase horses that they might multiply horses Nor are they to multiply wives unto themselves Lest their heart be turned away from me God knows human nature better than any of us know it God knows you better than you know yourself So many times God warns us of a particular thing And we say, all right, God, that's nice I appreciate that, thank you for the warning But I don't need it I can handle it, Lord. I've got this thing wired, and don't worry about me. Like, like, with, like with Peter, when Jesus said, all of you are going to be offended tonight because of me. Peter said, Lord, that's all right. They may all be offended, but I won't ever be offended, Lord. Not me, you know. Peter said, Lord said, Peter... Before the cock crows, you're going to deny me three times Lord If they would slay me, I would never deny you Oh, but Jesus knew him better than he knew himself And that's always the case Many times we think, well, this particular verse doesn't apply to me I'm a special case I can do it and get by with it. I can handle it. Now, I can see why God would say that to other people. But I'm special, and and I I can handle myself. And thus, I don't need to obey this particular injunction. God said, And they are not to multiply wives unto themselves, lest their heart be turned away from me. Solomon multiplied wives unto himself some 700 of them, plus the 300 concubines. And what happened? His wives turned his heart away from the Lord. So by the end of Solomon's reign, there began a deterioration. And this is just right after the height, the zenith of the kingdom, brought into this great position of strength and wealth through David, and then through the wisdom of Solomon in his early years Brought to this place of great glory and prominence But it lasted so short And there began that downward trend So that at the death of Solomon And here's where we get into chapter 10 tonight His son Rehoboam Began to reign over Jerusalem And he reigned For 17 years. And in that 17 years, the kingdom went from this glorious height and deteriorated into just a second rate nation and power. The slide down is so rapid. And once it gets started, it's hard to reverse. This is the thing that concerns me so much about our nation today. Once you start that downhill trend, it's so fast and it's so difficult to put on the brakes and to stop. And it would seem to me that our nation at the present time is plunging down into a second rate status so rapidly. And I really don't know if it can be reversed or stopped Once mighty, once glorious A nation that was established under God A nation that stood forth in the world as a Christian nation But has become so totally corrupt Obscene and has sought to just rule God out of our national life. I am appalled by the rulings of the Supreme Court and by the local courts in the issues that relate to freedom of worship. Separation of church and state. It only works on one side. It doesn't work on both sides. But the kingdom went down rapidly under Rehoboam, In fact, the kingdom was divided right at the beginning of his reign. When Rehoboam was anointed king, the northern tribes of Israel came to him and they said, During the time of your father's reign, the taxes were increased over and over again until the tax burden that we are bearing Is really greater than we can handle And so Rehoboam said Give me three days and I will give you an answer regarding this They said cut the taxes, we've got to have a tax cut He said give me three days to answer you So he went to his counselors The old men that counseled his father Solomon And the old men said you know, these people have a just cause. The taxes are overbearing. We need to relieve them of this tax burden. It would be wise to go ahead and cut their taxes. And then Rehoboam consulted with the younger guys that he was bringing in to reign with him in his kingdom. And these younger guys advised him, now, look, if you cut the taxes, this is just the beginning of their complaints. Next week, they're going to be back with something else and then back with something else and back with something else. And, and you're just not going to be able to handle it. The older fellow said, look, if you don't cut their taxes, they're not going to serve you. They're going to rebel against you. But Rehoboam listened to his younger counselors and he forsook the counsel of the older men. And when the people came back after three days to get his answer, he said, hey, you think my dad was tough? You haven't seen anything yet. Where he whipped you with whips, I'm gonna whip you with scorpions. Well, my little finger will be thicker than his thigh. And and he gave these threats, and the people said, to your tents, O Israel, what have we to do with David? David. And so the 10 northern kingdoms, or 10 northern tribes, rebelled against Rehoboam. And they took this fellow Jeroboam and they said, we want you to be king over us. And so Jeroboam became the king over the 10 northern tribes and Rehoboam was now just left with the tribe of Benjamin and the tribe of Judah, plus the tribe of Levi. Because Jeroboam in the north, the kingdom that was known now as Israel, established the calf worship in Israel, and he began to just make priests out of anybody, And there came really a total religious confusion in the northern kingdom. And the Levites left the northern kingdom and all of those people who really loved the Lord, they came on down and gave their allegiance unto Rehoboam in the kingdom of Judah. Rehoboam sent a tax collector up to the ten northern tribes and they killed him. And so Rehoboam gathered his army and he was going to march against the northern kingdom and the prophet of the Lord came and warned them not to fight against the northern kingdom. And so they returned and they sought to establish the kingdom under Rehoboam. But it wasn't long after he had returned to Jerusalem that he turned from God, having fortified the kingdom. He then turned his heart against God. It came to pass, chapter 12, when Rehoboam had established the kingdom and had strengthened himself, he forsook the law of the Lord and all Israel with him. As the king goes, so goes the nation. Having forsaken the Lord, he led them in a path away from God. And there came from Egypt a pharaoh by the name of Shishak, who began to invade the land of Judah and take the cities. Actually, the Lubams and the Ethiopians had come with him with a mighty host. And they came to Jerusalem and began to besiege Jerusalem. And a prophet of the Lord came to Rehoboam and said unto them, Thus saith the Lord, You have forsaken me, and therefore I also have left you in the hand of Shishak. Continue with more of
0: our verse by verse Bible study in the book of Second Chronicles on our next broadcast, as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Second Chronicles 10 through 12 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck.
1: now may the Lord be with you and keep you in His love and grace watching over you guiding you protecting you through this week may you be enriched in Christ Jesus in all things and may your understanding of God's love be increased day by day through Jesus our Lord
0: This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California.
1: As we look back over the roadmap of our lives, we often see the value of troubled times, personal trials, and even the experiences of pain or the death of a loved one. These are the building blocks that establish God's plan for us. It is with great honor that I'm pleased to introduce Pastor Chuck Smith's autobiography entitled, A Memoir of Grace. You're invited to pull up a chair and listen as Pastor Chuck shares his personal story of how God's grace prepared him for life's purposes. Perhaps, as you're reading this story, you'll be prompted to evaluate your own past, your present situation, and that which is yet to happen, and realize that it all plays a part in establishing God's plan for you. See God's grace. Grace at work in your own life when you order a personal copy of A Memoir of Grace by Pastor Chuck. God (laughs) called me into the ministry and how God has just led us step by step. For more information on how to order your copy, visit us online at thewordfortoday.org or call toll free at 1-800-272-WORD.